Welcome to Tordi Mecha Parsha with the OU Women's Initiative. My name is Rachel Besser, and today we will be studying Parsha Nacharimot and Parsha Kedoshim, two Parshot that are often read together. Parsha Nacharimot is identified by when it is said, specifically after the death of Nadav and Avihu. Aaron is instructed about the laws of Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, the day of extreme closeness to Hashem, in which the Kohen Gadol dresses all in white and enters the Kodesh Kedashim, the holiest part of the Beit HaMikdash, the inner sanctum, to confess B'nai Israel's sins and ask for forgiveness. Yom Kippur is a day of fasting and repentance, a day for B'nai Israel to examine their actions and see if they have been living up to the standards that the Torah sets for them. The Parsha continues by instructing the Jews not to eat blood and not to eat animals that are not slaughtered according to Jewish law. The Torah then launches into a list of prohibited relationships. One may not have an intimate relationship with a list of people that are forbidden. After this list, we are told, Kedoshim Tihiyu, you should be holy, in the beginning of Parsha Kedoshim. This admonition is followed by a long list of mitzvot, 51 to be exact, that cover all manners and aspects of a person's life. We are reminded to honor our parents, keep Shabbat, and not do avodah zarah, not, do, not worship idolatry, but also told to leave over part of our field for the poor, not to take revenge, to give rebuke when necessary, to love our fellow Jews, and to embrace the convert. Parsha Kedoshim ends how it began, with an entreaty to be holy and thereby connected to God. In chapter 20, verse 26, we read, Ve'yitem Kedoshim, you should be holy, ki kadosh ani, Hashem, because I am holy, I am your God. And I've separated you from amongst the nations to be for me. Our journey through Sefer Vayikra has taken us so far through Parsha Vayikra, where we learned about how to give to God through the, through the medium of Korbanot, then to Parshat Sav, when we learned how to connect as a community. To Parshat Shmini, we examined the boundaries of when not to give to God, when to retreat into our mortality, when to realize our limits. And then we looked at Parshat Tazria and Mitzora that talked to us about the concepts of Tuma and Tahara, when we can and can't enter the Beit HaMikdash because of our status. Now, there's an interesting graffiti artist named Banksy. He's anonymous, people don't know who he is. And he threw the art scene into disarray when he started painting this graffiti artwork all over England. Artwork was thought to be long in museums or at least hanging on the walls of people's homes. What did it mean for art to show up on the street? And this caused people to think, well, what's the meaning of art anyway? Should the art be confined to a museum anyway? What's the purpose of art if not to make us think? and make us change. The Beit HaMikdash and the Mishkan are similar. They're almost like a museum. And Parsha Achrimot and Kedoshim helps us understand really what is the purpose of the Beit HaMikdash and the Mishkan. In order to understand, we have to start a little bit earlier, back in Sefer Shmot. Right before B'nai Israel are given the gift of the Torah, back in Parsha Yitzro, they are given a lofty and inspirational goal Hashem says to them, You will be mine, and you will be a kingdom of priests of Kohanim and a holy nation, a nation that is Kadosh. But it never details exactly how a person can accomplish it, and we also don't really understand what it means to be holy. That's what this week's Parsha is going to teach us. The Mishkan and its rites 
we're supposed to help a person reach this lofty potential. The point of the Mishkan is to be able to grow into this mandate, to be a Mamlecha Kohanim, a kingdom of priests, and a Goy Kadosh, and a holy nation. Allow a person to be holy like God. The Mishkan has very specific rituals that we learned about in Parshat Vayikra and Sav. How to give a korban, what it means to come into the sanctuary and see the Kohen bring an animal that is then accepted by God. And this experience is transformative. It makes a person feel spiritual. It even makes a person feel holy. But that's not the end result, the feeling of holiness in the Beit HaMikdash. It's actually supposed to lead us somewhere. When the Mishkan is introduced to us in Parsha Truma, we hear the instructions, V'asuli mikdash v'shachanti v'tocham. Make for me a sanctuary and I will live in it. Now, a quick translation is just what I said. Make me a sanctuary and I will live in it. But a closer look at the words from Parsha Truma teaches us a very deep message. And that is, V'asuli mikdash, make me a sanctuary v'shachanti v'tocham. But I will live in you not bitocho, not in it. And when we really understand this phrase, we'll understand the structure of Sefer Vayikra and where Parsha Kedoshim fits in. There's a danger of the Mishkan and a danger of the Beit HaMikdash, which played itself out exactly during the first temple era and, one, and was one of the primary causes for the destruction. And that is the Beit HaMikdash cannot be a museum. The Beit HaMikdash cannot be a place where the art stays in it. You can't just have a transformational experience in the Beit HaMikdash and then come out and be the same person you were when you walked in. To understand the Mishkan is to realize that being Kadosh, being holy, is a process that starts in the Mishkan or the Beit HaMikdash. The encounter with God is supposed to change us in a certain way but it can only manifest itself when it's taken out into the street. When a person is eating a snack, talking to friends or neighbors, or interacting with one's spouse. That's why Parshat Achrimod and Kedoshim are the next logical step in our journey through Sefer Vayikra. And a training in what it means to really have a strong relationship with God. Because Parsha Vayikra Tzav and Shmini focused on our encounter with God inside the Mishkan, through the medium of Korbanot. Tazria and Mitzorah introduced us to the ideas of Tuma and Tara, purity and impurity, which serve as a protection for the Mikdash, because you can't go in when you're Tameh, when you're impure, and therefore preserve the sanctity of the Mishkan. But Acharimot and Kedoshim take us outside the Mikdash, to our dwelling places, to where we actually live. And we can embody the lessons that we learned in the Mishkan and thereby fulfill the dictum, make me a sanctuary and I will live amongst you, not in it. Parshadei Achrimot begins by taking us through the rituals of Yom Kippur, of our Day of Atonement, which is a transition point from the Mikdash to the outside because the action of Yom Kippur happens inside, but the repentance will hopefully impact one's behavior when that person leaves the Mishkan. 
The list of mitzvot, the long list of mitzvot in Parshat Achremot and Kedoshim, over 80 mitzvot in the Parshiot together, seem rather mundane compared to the earlier Parshiot. Not about the laws of giving to God, and not about the concepts of purity and impurity, but rather forbidden sexual relationships, commandments to leave one's field to the poor, a way a person has to treat his or her parents. That's what these two Parshiot are speaking about. But this is the true purpose of the Mishkan. Vasuli Mikdash, Vishachanti Betocham. How can this be accomplished? How can we build a Mishkan, but Hashem can live amongst us? Because it's through our actions that we bring Hashem out of the Beit HaMikdash and into the world, through living a life of holiness in the most mundane places, through being righteous and trying to emulate God and keep his mitzvot, one brings the purpose of the Mishkan to its fruition. The encounter that one had in the Mishkan changed us, and therefore it stems outward into our camps, into our homes, and into ourselves. And this helps us understand the famous Ramban on the words Kedoshim to you, you shall be holy. Says the Ramban, there's a whole list of mitzvot here. We've just finished reading the list of Arayot, the list of forbidden sexual relationships. And says the Ramban, do you know what? Somebody could keep almost every single mitzvah in the Torah. And they can still be what the Ramban calls a naval bershut ha-Torah, a terrible person, but with the stamp of approval from the Torah. A person can say to themselves, hey, I'm great. I'm keeping all the mitzvot. The Ramban says that's why we need the words, Kedoshim to you, because a person has to realize that there's principles of the Torah as well, and those principles need to be kept. And the principle of the Torah is that you should emulate God, and you should try to be like God. And therefore, if you're a person who's a glutton but keeps kosher, that's not emulating God. The experience in the Mishkan has to focus us on what it means to be like God. Kedoshim to you, kikadosh ani. You should be holy because I am holy. A chassid once asked the Kutzker Rebbe, where can Hashem be found? The Kutzker replied, wherever you let him in. Parsha Kedoshim teaches us, and Achremot as well, what it means to be a mamlecha kohanim, a kingdom of priests, v'goy kadosh, and a holy nation. It doesn't mean that we should all crowd into the Mishkan and leave it there. But rather, if we take the inspiration of the, of the Mishkan and infuse it into our lives and our actions, then we ourselves become the priest. Then we can become even closer than the Korbanot because the service doesn't need to be vicarious. We are the Kohanim. In fact, through this model of going into the Mishkan but taking our, our inspiration out with us, we can actually be just like God. Kedoshim ti you, you should be holy. Kikadosh ani, because I, Hashem, am holy. Thank you for studying Parshat Achremot and Kedoshim together with the OU Women's Initiative.